Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Fantasy Football Frenzy, hour number two right here on FNTSY Radio. The executive George Kurtz breaking it down for you. Counting down closer and closer to the month of August and obviously kickoff for the 2018 season. Um... George, when you put together a league, what are some of the first things you do besides, you know, your partners and who you'd be playing with? <laughs> if I was going to put together a new league right now, you know, it's, and I've thought about doing this. A, I told you, it has to be a Superflux. I want to add that extra quarterback, or at least they add the extra option of a quarterback. I just think it makes the league better. I'm not doing kickers, and I'm not doing defenses. I love All that. Right, I'm getting rid of that. Yeah, I think I'd add – I'd probably add a flex for each. You know, so I'd make uh, with the super flex, you'd have a super flex and then two, maybe three, uh, three extra flex. I like extra players, Corey. I think it makes the league more fun. Also, if the waiver wire is not as strong, I think it makes some more strategy involved. I might make a deeper bench, and maybe make it seven man bench instead of five. But uh, I, once again, I'm not really up. Uh, uh, I don't really care one way or the other. I'm not making it PPR, but I'm not making it standard either. What you the site do? I'm using, I'm PP one. I want to point per first down. I love what Scott Fish did last year. It's the first time I've seen Interesting. that. And, you know, Jake Seeley, we know he hates PPR, right? Absolutely hates it. Rails against it. And although I've never really used to, I'm sure I have. I still remember his reasoning. I'm pretty sure one of the reasons is, you know, if I throw a pass to Corey Parson, you catch the ball, but you lose five yards, why the hell are you getting a point? Understood. Yeah, I think, and I get that. I, 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 I get that. I get the logic there. But I don't care if I throw a pass to you and you get in one yard. If that one yard's a first down, that's valuable. You can't argue against the first down. You just you can't do it. So I like the idea of that. I would add that. I would make it. I I would make it IDP, but I would start off slow. Okay, one, one defensive lineman yep. at, at each at each grouping. One defensive lineman, one linebacker, one secondary. All right, it's not going to matter if you are an expert at IDP or not. Everyone's going to have an all star. At, you know, you're only taking 36 uh, IDPs. You'll be, you'll be fine. We can extend that in years to pass whenever everybody gets used to it. That's how I would go about it. I already mentioned the playoffs. I might even go the bottom two teams. You know, I do like the div- I know some people hate divisions and uh, head-to-head. I kind of like divisions and head-to-head. It's important to win your division. I understand it's complete luck, but I still like it. Division winners make the playoffs. Maybe the next two wild-card teams. And then the last two teams would be the teams with the highest point total that normally wouldn't have gotten in. I'd probably go somewhere like that. There you go right there. That's from the man, George Kurtz himself. And put a couple dollars on that, and you enjoy the season. So there you go right there. George, what do you think of J.J. this season? All right. You know, it's funny. you mentioned Tony Sincata. We talked about J.J. last uh, week. And I agree with Tony that he thinks Ajayi is going to be a better play this year because, yes, they acquired him last year. And he didn't play as much as we expected him to play. Now, for whatever reason, I kind of think it's because you know, my, uh, Philly's like, what? You're giving us Ajayi for what? Well, we don't need him, but sure. If you're going to give him to us for a fourth-round pick, we'll take him. You know, now he's, he's acclimated to their system. He's used to it. He plays more. 
You know, I'm not saying he's going to be running back one. But I am as a low-end RB, too. I agree with Tony's logic there. I think they will use him more. Uh, I think last year, like I said, it was a gift from God. Fine, we'll take him. You know, this year they'll have uh, – they, they'll, they'll know how to use him. I understand you got Corey Clement there. Darren Sproles is back. You know, it's, it's – once again, it's a three-headed monster there. They're not going to forget about Clement, who's a pretty good player. You know, so it's a problem. That's why he's a low-end RB2 and not a high-end RB2, mainly because of Clement, not Sproles. Lots mm-hmm. of teams have that third-down pass-catching pass guy. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think um, I, I'm I, I'm going to stay away, though. I'm going to stay away. I don't trust it. He, where he's being drafted is not where I want to take him at. Maybe I have to go a little bit heavy on the running backs earlier. He's a player along with Kenyon Drake that I'm trying to avoid in that RB2 conversation. I think that's a, a question I'll ask you, Corey, because you've got drafts coming up this week. Yes, I do. You said maybe I'll, dra- I'll go heavy on running backs early. Is that almost a must for you? I'm, even in PPR leagues, let's, let's knock standard out since most of us don't play in too many standard leagues. Sorry, Jake. Is getting a running back early almost a must for you? And how many running backs do you want by the end of round three? It de- I, think, I think it's one of those things where it depends on where I'm drafting at, to be honest with you. If I'm – it depends. See, I like the value on the running backs in the second round. I really do. You know, so if I can come out with a Saquon Barkley and a Devontae Freeman, I can figure out the wide receivers. So I would say I want to have two out of the first three picks be running backs this year. Now, I can't turn down a Odell Beckham, Devontae Adams start, and I like Devontae Adams a lot this year. So it kind of depends on where I fall in the draft and where the value's at. But if I'm drafting in the first four, and I get, well, let me say the top three picks of the draft, and I get a Le'Veon, a Zeke, or a Gurley, I'm more than likely going to come right back, and unless Devontae Adams slips all the way to the back end of the second, I'm going to see which running backs are in that area. So I can see a Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Doug Baldwin, Jordan Howard start. What do you think of that? Oh, I, I'll take that in every league. <laughs> you give that. me Elliott, Howard, and Baldwin, I'll, I'll, I'll take it and run. My draft's done. I'll, I'll live it from there. All right, I'm going to play another game with you. Fifth pick. Top four running backs go. Is it automatic you're taking Antonio Brown? Oh, yes. I would take Antonio Brown at four. I'm not in on David Johnson this year. Yeah, he worries me a little bit as well. I think I'd probably still take him, but... Uh, he does worry me uh, a bit. For, I, I don't trust Arizona at all. I think they're going to have a pretty bad season there, uh, no matter who the, quarter, who, who the quarterback is. PPR League, Kamara or Barkley? Kamara. Kamara just does too much, and I've seen it already. I, I think Barkley's going to be a stud. I, but Kamara does a lot, and I've seen it already. Can't argue with that. Are you worried about Dalvin Cook at all coming off the ACL or he's fine, he'll be back. You take him where you would normally take him. I take him where you, I take him on that one two turn. Uh Dalvin Cook was leading the NFL in rushing when he got hurt last year. Yeah, he's uh he's fantastic. That's, you know, it's a shame he got, I hate when players get hurt in the NFL. I mean, I hate it when Deshaun Watson got hurt because it hurts the game, man. I I, just, I know we're you know you and I are cowboy fans, so theoretically it could have been good for us that Cook got hurt and if it hurts Minnesota, but it's so disappointing to see great players. Oh, guys, especially who could be especially great players, when they're young. You want to see those those early seasons when they're really at the top of their game. So those were two uh, bad injuries last year. They got another one coming this year, though, George. 
and we'll be talking about him around this time next year. Florida State running back. His name is Cam Akers. I'm telling you, he's going to be a guy next year. This time we're going to be talking about as a possible first-round draft pick. Always good to know. Right? Always good to get the, those little heads up there. Cam Akers. See, I'm going to make a note of that, Corey. And yeah, this time Cam next year, Akers. if you're wrong, you're going to hear about it. And I would, and I would let you. I'd be more than happy to be like I was 100% wrong. But no, he's a. Uh, they they hit. You know, George, the Florida State running back hit. The Georgia Bulldog running back hit. So I'm not worried about it. If I'm at four, I'm taking Antonio Brown, and then when I come back in that second, I definitely want to try to grab one of those second round backs. Um, see, one thing when you take Antonio Brown, you have so many receptions already. I can go running back, running back in rounds two and three if I like what's there. Agreed. I'm trying to find a running back you don't like. How, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Where Christian McCaffrey is going, I don't. I would probably take Devontae Adams over Christian McCaffrey. I can see myself so I. taking Michael Thomas over Christian McCaffrey. I would also consider taking Keenan Allen over Christian McCaffrey, but the bad luck has started with the Chargers already. So, you know, I don't want that mojo to rub off on any of my fantasy players. And I like the, the Chargers. And, and I like Mike Williams this year. Did the Chargers build this team over a cemetery, man? I mean, what's going right? on here? Crazy, it's right? Every year, last year they can't kick. This year, well, we're going to take away their players now. No Hunter Henry, no Jarrett, and who's next? I mean, uh, I feel bad for this organization. I truly do. Uh, well, maybe I shouldn't. They did move out of San Diego and screwed those fans over. Jarek McKinnon. Where's he? Where, where, where's he going at? He's available to you. We'll say you had the first pick. He's available top three. Do I start Le'Veon Bell, Jarek McKinnon, and it depends on what? Okay, how about this? Le'Veon Bell, T.Y. Hilton. Le'Veon Bell, Jarek McKinnon, okay. T.Y. Hilton. I can do that. See, when here's the thing with Jerick McKinnon, I'm dra- I'm not drafting Jerick McKinnon. I'm drafting Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> so you're going for the pedigree there, that he'll uh, the the running back whisperer. Yeah, the running back whisperer. Yep, that's what I'm doing right there. Give me the rookie running back you trust most, besides besides Barkley. Oh man, trust is such a hard word right there. Yeah, it's not easy. No, it's not. I mean, everybody has issues and warts. I think talent-wise, I think Carrion Johnson, the Detroit back, has the best talent. I think the Tampa back could be in the best situation. I think Nick Chubb is going to have to fight for his reps. But I think he can um, – I, I mean, they're all over the place. Um, I think I would go – Man, it's hard to say Johnson because of the Detroit Lions and what they've done, you know, new offense, whatever. I'm going to say carry on Johnson. Would I draft him second? No. I would probably take the shot on Penny second or Chubb or Sonny Michelle. It's a lot of them. Yeah. What, about, what about you? I, I got to tell you, I keep ending up with Darius Geis. Over I, I like Geis. And over I, I forgot about him. Yeah. You're 100% correct on that. I forgot about him. I, you're correct on that. I would definitely take him second. How high do uh, you think his you, ADP make rises? Make feel better now. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I mean, I think his ADP was low because 
he got that knock, right? Of uh, he was a bad interviewer. That's why he dropped in the second round. Something happened there, which is silly. It, it means nothing as far as his talent on the field, you know. So I think that's why his ADP, as far as the early drafts, he's gonna be if he's gonna be watching his lead back. You know, everyone's maybe afraid of Chris Thompson too, but so many teams have this kind of guy, the guy who catches the one third down. Listen, if if, if they didn't have that guy, if it was gonna be guys for all three rounds, and he'd be a first round pick, you know. But it's not. You know, because he does have a caddy there. I like Alex Smith. Alex Smith is going to use the running backs. He needs a strong running game. This is not going to be Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball all over the field. I've seen the end of guys at the bottom of round three in every league. Uh, right now, you're 100% correct. He is on the 3-4 turn. Yeah, because it seems like in most leagues, I'm, I'm taking a running back round one. You know, which are whatever the best ones. Not on purpose. Like I said, Brown hasn't fallen to me in any league house. So I would have grabbed him. And God forbid I should get a top four pick. So I, I'm ending up with the hunts of the world. <laughs> world, of the world I never get a top four pick, man. I, I, I can almost guarantee you there'll be no Bell, Gurley, Johnson, or Elliott on my team. Because, like I said, God forbid. So, uh, yeah, I keep ending up with, uh, like I said, hunts, Fournette, guys who I like. I'm not, compl- not complaining. But uh, and then I take the best wide receiver. I can't get Devontae Adams in a league yet. I swear to God, in one of these home leagues, I'm getting Devontae Adams, or I'm gonna have a conniption because I do want the man. But and then he's gonna have three, a, George. He's gonna have a back. George. He's gonna have a big year, George. I would take him at the back of the first round. I could. Uh, I see. Uh, I could think about that. I could. Could you take him over Mike? Could you take him over Michael Thomas? Yes, I can. Could you take, could you take him over? Could you take him over Julio Jones? Ooh, 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 ooh. That's where you draw Julio the line. Jones, Julio Jones has the same problem as Mike Thomas. He's a scary you know, player. Touchdowns. Yeah, uh-huh. You know, I, I love them both. I mean, listen, they're all great wide receivers. So you're really, of course. We're nitpicking here. But, man, Aaron Rodgers is back. They're going to throw that football. There's really not another wide receiver. They had to challenge Adams. And Randall Cobb, I don't believe in. Geronimo Allison might as well jump out of the plane. Randall Cobb would be uh, hurt. He will. And he's done nothing the past two years with or without Rodgers. And he's already hurt, right, getting over the, uh, the ankle surgery he had six weeks ago. Um, I probably can't take him over Jones, but I can take him over Thomas. Okay, I could see that. Could you start Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas? I mean, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, could you start like that? Probably not. I mean, uh, there's always a situation. You're going to be in a draft where all the running backs won. And there's just nobody there. And I, I, I'm not someone who's going to say, oh, I have to have a running back in round two and take a lesser back. I, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take McCoy or Freeman, guys, I'm worried about at the top of round two because, you know, hey, I have to have a running back. Not if the value is not there. So in that case, yes, I could. It's not what I want to do. But, yes, I could. Uh, so you could – so Devontae Adams, uh, Julio Jones, Darius Geis – and Sony Michelle. See, Sony Michelle scares the life out of me because he's a Bill Belichick back. I think yep. he's extremely talented. And he's a fumbler. And he's a fumbler. Oh, too. He, he, he puts the ball <laughs> on the ground. You know, forget about it. Yeah, forget he would be making trips. We all, what was the name of that guy? Remember that he had four touchdowns one week. The next week he fumbled. We never heard from him oh, again. Oh, man. I can't. I, 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 I played him. Jonas. I know. Jonas. I, Jonas Gray? Uh, Jonas Gray, Jonas? that's it. Jonas Gray. Gray. It was yeah, great. Uh-huh. It was great. I mean, all of a sudden he was on a milk carton. Right? And uh, yeah, Bill doesn't care. I don't think Bill cares where you're drafted. He doesn't care about personal stats. He only cares about winning. You put Bill that t- ball on the ground. You can forget about times, it. Yeah, you're not, you, like I said, we're going to be asking the witness protection program where you are. Yeah, so um, 
We had on a, a writer from the Patriots this week from the Boston Herald on one of the weekday editions of the Frenzy, and they want him to be the guy. They want him to be the guy. They just they you know they just don't know. They're they're he, from what the, the beat writer said. The exact quote was, "They want to force feed him the football to see to see what he has before they start the running back merry-go-round." He's an interesting player because, I mean, the talent is off the charts. But it's going to be interesting to see if they can uh, put the whole thing together. Um, he has a couple big plays in the preseason. He's going to shoot up draft boards. The problem is, I mean, maybe this is the year New England's going to uh, have a legitimate running game because they're worried about Brady and his, uh, and his age. And they're worried about the fact that it's really only Gronk at wide receiver now with losing Cooks and not really being able to replace him. Maybe this is the year, Corey. But you know what? Unless the value's there, I'm not banking on it. Yeah. You don't want him in your starting lineup, or would you take him as a flex? I don't think I want him in my starting. I I won't spend the draft cap, but he would have to fall to me at value. Where okay, right. hey, I can't believe this guy is still there. All right, cool. When we come back, we'll continue to look over and discuss some ADP, some different draft day scenarios. Maybe get back to some of those sleepers and busts. It's the Fantasy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Fancy football friends, the exec and George Kurtz. What do you think of the rookie wide receivers, George? You know, I think uh, wide receivers, as far as rookie is concerned, it's a tough position to learn. You know, with, with running backs, you get the you ball and the run. Ball? Yeah. Right, get the ball and run. Can you pick up the blitz on third down? If you, even if you can't do that, okay, then you're not playing obvious passing situations. Other than that, you'll get in there. Wide receivers, though, have to learn the route tree, right? Have to learn all those patterns. Have to get the trust of the quarterback. You know, so that's important there. And you damn well, if you're the hot read guy and that blitz is coming and that quarterback expects you to run that route, you damn well better run that route. You know, you better not miss that. So I think there's a lot more for the wide receivers to gain there. I think it's why we generally don't see wide receivers, rookie wide receivers, do great right off the bat. That being said, one guy I'm interested in would be Calvin Ridley of the Falcons. I like the offense. I like the fact that a lot of rookie raw, these uh, a good rookie wide receivers will also go to bad teams where they'll be the number one. Well, he's not the number one. He's exactly. the number two, right? Not going to see a safety over the top. Not the Ridley is someone I'm interested in late. Yeah, I'm interested in Ridley. I'm interested in Gallup also. Um, James Washington maybe late, late, late. The uh, rookie from the Pittsburgh Steelers could be an option also. Going to be interesting to see how it shakes out with those guys. The thing with Ridley is, um, you watch a lot of college football, George? I watch almost no college football. Okay. 
Good, good to know. Um, I decided a long time ago, Corey, that if I was going to have a marriage that worked, I probably couldn't can't do Saturday get up and Sunday. And Sundays. Yeah, got to pick one. One thing that I would say about Ridley is when you are watching the Georgia Bulldog, I mean, excuse me, Alabama, you, it's, it's a player on the field that immediately sticks out because, oh, you're like, oh my God, this guy looks different. He, that's Calvin Ridley. When you lay eyes on him, your first thought is, this guy's going to be playing on Sundays. And I think that's what is so intriguing about him is because he was the best player on the field in a lot of the games that he played in. And I think, you know, that's why he is so intriguing to me. I don't know where they're going to play him at, though. Are they going to play him on the outside or are they going to play him on the inside? Because obviously they got the – go ahead. I'm listening. I would assume it's outside. It's a little easier to learn than the slot. I assume this. Uh, There's no way for us to know. Once again, preseason will tell us this. And you put Muhammad – you put Sanu in the slot. That's what I would think. That's what I would assume. I think, okay. When you you watch the draft in April and Roger Goodell announced Leighton Vander Esch and not Calvin Ridley – what were the first words that came to your mind or out of your mouth? I was upset about it, but I had heard Jerry was on um, 103.5, the ticket, uh, the day of the draft or maybe two days before the draft, the week of the draft. And they asked him what would they do if Calvin Ridley was there. And Jerry said that we don't need a, we need a, we need a true X. We don't need a slot flanker. So he was not on their board because they wanted a true X and not a slot flanker. And Ridley doesn't project to be a true X receiver in the NFL. Ridley is more of a, you know, a Y slash slot receiver as he's not a, you know, a Julio Jones type. He's more of, he's more in the mold of um, a number two, a big time number two receiver. Eh, someone might say Dallas needs both. Uh, I, I, I agree. Words, <laughs> I agree. My words are much, uh, much more vulgar when they passed. I think that's going to be a mistake that Dallas made. There, I would have liked to have seen them. Uh, would have liked to. Have seen, you, see, you just lost Dez. You let him go. You lost Whitney. Retired a couple of days beforehand. I think passing up on any kind of offensive player was a, a mistake there. Not that Leighton Van Der Esch, he could be great, but man, for a guy from a small college who only played eleven on eleven a year or two. Boy, that's a that's a reach for me. No, I I agree. I listen. I don't. I don't. I wasn't happy on them passing on Ridley. The thing about it is, I was expecting it. Put it like that. You know. You know what I mean. If your girlfriend be like, "I'm going straight to bed when I come home tonight," you still might be upset. <laughs> but at least you were expecting it. You know what I mean. <laughs> One of those nights I got, I got a headache. Yeah, exactly. I got a headache night. Maybe, exactly. Maybe that time. Yeah. It wasn't sprung on you. It was you went into it knowing that you were going to be resting. Uh, uh, you know, you would be going to sleep after a um, after a warm cup of hot cocoa, and that's it. So that's how I kind of felt about it. Uh, you know, it, it reminds me of uh, you know, uh, being someone who's married. You know, you go into the bathroom, you see the rappers, uh, certain rappers in the garbage. 
Oh, well, tonight's going to be a quiet night. I can stay up late. <laughs> no reason to go to bed at the same time tonight. No, maybe I'm going to watch that late sports center. So, uh... <laughs> Catch that 11 p.m. sports center. <laughs> watch a little Scott Van Pelt at midnight. Okay? Yeah, there you, you know, go, you know, Scott. See the little... end of that ball game at 1 o'clock? Yeah, little Scott Van Peasy. No reason to wake her up. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. So, looking at the board, what do you think of Mark Ingram and Julian Edelman? It's funny. I think about that these two guys are very different for me. And what I mean by that is this. Ingram, I'm not touching. All right? Now, once again. Interesting. When I say not touching, I, there's always a chance I do if the value's there. You know, but generally for where his ADP is, I'm not touching for this reason. All right, we know he suspended four games. All right, week five, I don't know what kind of shape he's going to be in or how much they'll use him, especially since week six is their bye. Mm-hmm. So therefore, Ingram, you don't get to week seven, really. Nah, it's half the fantasy season gone. I don't need, I'm not going to spend a seventh, eighth round pick on that. If he lasts around 11, we can chat. Edelman, however, I'm completely different. And mainly because, A, it's a wide receiver, which is a deeper position. You know, where I don't mind having him on my bench for a while, PPR leagues only. And when he comes back, I think he'll be a major part of the offense again. That's also my little bugaboo there. Sean Payton seems to have something against Ingram from time yeah. to time, for whatever reason. He's, he seems to have gone out of his way to make sure Ingram can't get touchdowns. Uh, and then this maybe is me being a bitter fantasy owner, but it still bothers me to this day that I forget the name of the tight end, the, the, the nobody tight end who ran the one-yard plunge on that weird trick play, rather than just give the ball to Ingram and let him do uh, the one-yard thing. It still bothers me. I think I lost a week because of that. So that's probably why it bothers me. It bothers, so, Mark, uh, it bothers, it bothers Mark Ingram, too, because he knows that they want to keep him out the end yes. zone because of uh, incentives in his contract. That's not fair. I hate when they do that. I, mean, so I, hate when they, I hate when they play finances with the players like that. Don't put the incentives there, then, if it bothers exactly. you so much. Exactly. You're right. You know, Don't put him there, then. It, it's it's idiotic to me, but uh, that's I'll prefer Edelman, and I don't know. Like I said I don't know why Ingram. I think Ingram, like I said, I think the, uh, this Peyton thing and the fact that he's not useful till week seven. At least Edelman I'll get in week five, and receivers also deeper, <coughs> so Edelman doesn't hurt me as much spending a pick on him. Uh, Ingram I would only take at value. Edelman I would probably take right around where he's eight. Like I said, right around eighth round is where where I would think about taking Edelman. Depends on with me. It depends on roster construction and what I, roster construction. Excuse me. And what I have as we get closer to these, if I, as I get closer to those players' ADP. But ultimately, each player is going to be a piece. Now, this is like I don't play in many trade leagues, but each player will be a piece that I'll be looking to ship. And I know you shouldn't draft a trade, but when it comes to suspended players like this, with Edelman, I want him to come back, have two or three big games. I'm moving him before that injury strike. With Mark, with Mark Ingram, come back, have two or three big games. Going down the stretch, you need an extra running back. Here you go, right here. So I want if I have those players, I'm I'm trading from. I want I want I want that position to be strong on my team. If I got a group of strong running backs, Ingram can get on that team. If I got a group of strong receivers, Edelman can be on that team, and then I ship them off as we get closer to Thanksgiving. That's kind of how I'm playing it. But that's you know, there's no saying that the rest of the draft board is going to allow me to do that. Yeah, that that's always true. We never every draft is different. You know, this is why I really only go and have a plan for the first round. You know, because I know oh, I got the eighth pick, top eight guys. I know I'm going there. After that, it's really how the draft plays out, and that that's what's what's fun about drafting. You just don't know. You mentioned uh, if I'm in a league that trades a lot. Out of all the leagues you play in, 
How many of those? Give me a percentage. I don't need a number. A percentage? Do you? Will you say okay? This league trades a lot. Well, <laughs> ten. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's the number I was going with as well. Yeah, I mean, it's no leagues that trade a lot. Everyone's afraid to trade now. It's it's. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> once again, you and I have been playing fantasy forever. When we first started playing, Corey, trading oh. was the after after draft day. Trading was the next fun part. George, I, 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 I've traded the year that Chris Johnson ran for 2,000 yards. I traded him after the draft for Plexico Burris. This is the same year Plexico Burris shot himself. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I remember trading. I remember people complaining because I used to trade. Uh, I'm a night out. And a friend of mine used to be a night owl, so he'd come over after work. He was in the league, and we'd always have 3 a.m. trades. And people would complain about that. I don't know why. What difference does a trade make at 3 a.m. to 3 p.m.? We think I was getting him drunk and taking advantage of him? I mean, uh, believe it does me, sound, I didn't need to get him drunk. It does sound collusion as you wake up at 7 o'clock and a trade has been made at 3.15. You're like, wait a minute, what the hell is going on? What were you guys trying to pull this, this, off? This is before the age of computers, man. No one really knew what time we made these trades. They just knew we hung out late. True. So, Makes sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah, as I said, it's just uh, I always found that funny. But trades were always the fun part of the league. Man, to send offers to you know, Corey Parson, work out a deal, see if we can work things out, send all these offers back and forth, made you feel like a real GM. But nowadays, you know, everyone's afraid. No one wants, and it's not the fact that they are afraid of making a fair deal. They only want to make a deal they, they, they're going to win. That they, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. you traded uh, you know, a, a Hall of Fame for Joe Schmo. You know, that's what they want because they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it from you, me, or anybody else. Oh, you're an idiot. What were you thinking about in this trade? I mean, why, why on earth that? didn't you call me about this trade first? Which, by the way, that asked that question. If you're so afraid, when the offer's made, maybe you contact somebody to get some advice on whether the trade's good, fair, or close, and then you make the deal. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a shame. I miss that part. That's the one part of fantasy I miss is trading. One, one of the things I hate, and I'm talking about in redrafts um, with no keepers, when I see a trade where people will trade like a wide receiver for a wide receiver, like why are you trading the same player for each other? I never really got that, and um, especially in a redraft and keepers, I understand, you know, because of you know uh, contracts and salaries and round values and stuff like that, and dynasty obviously you, that goes into consideration also. But my thing is always trade from a position of strength to a position of weak into a position, trade from a position of strength to to a. Uh, to make a weaker part of your team stronger. That's the way trade should roll. And you'll get a lot of trade offers where I'm like, I made one trade last year. No, I made two trade la two trades last season in the GST. I um and that's probably the most trades I'll make all this year too. I was able to trade um Aaron oh, who was it? I was able to get Devin Oh, you know what was happening? It was the Ezekiel Elliott thing. And Elliott had got suspended. And I had Rod Smith and Darren McFadden on my bench. And somebody offered me um oh, somebody offered me Devin Funches for Darren McFadden. And I'm talking about I couldn't pull the trigger fast enough. Yeah, that's still I would have made as well. But I, I get it makes sense for them too. Maybe they needed the the wins at that time with uh when Elliot was going out, trading, should there be trade vetoes? Oh man, it's so tough to say this that it should be. It really is tough to say that it should be. You kind of gotta let these guys commission themselves in, in situations like that. 
Um, because you're going to say, well, what if it's too egregious? It's too unfair. It's too unbalanced. The guy, the 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 guy that you think might have won the trade, the player can get hurt the next week. I remember one year, I this is a, a straight up a straight up trade. Well, it was a lot of moving pieces with the trade, but the two cornerstones of the trade were Calvin Johnson and Victor Cruz. And everybody's like, oh, wow, it's not fair. That's not this. That's not that. Victor Cruz outscored Calvin Johnson from the time the trade was made to the end of the season. See, that, that's the rub. That's the rub right there. I don't think there should be trade vetoes. A, it's not my job. Unless it's a collusion. That's completely different. But it's not my job to be the GM of your team. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and I think what you were sort of hinting at there is also true. Sometimes owners need to make mistakes to yeah. learn, to get better. You know, but the biggest thing is there have been so many trades where, yeah, when I've seen them, I'm like, oh, God. You know, Corey ripped this guy off. Only to find out when you do the man at the end of the year, oh, God. That yeah. trade ended up working. Not, not, even, not even because of an injury. The trade ended up working out for the other guy. Just because we're so-called experts doesn't mean we're always right. You know, things, like I said, weird things could have happened. Maybe there was an injury that happened to the guy. He played through it but wasn't the same player. Uh, bottom line for me is I'm not, I'm not the GM of your team. Unless there's collusion, I let every trade go through. You know, owners have to figure out their own mistakes, you know, and generally they'll learn from I may question a trade to see what the guy was thinking, you know, if it, if it looked like if it looks bad on paper, to see what the guy was thinking. Usually they'll have a, a reasonable explanation. I mean, all right, I, don't, I think you got ripped off here, but hey, you know, good luck. It's not my job to be your GM. And, and no matter what we say, we're humans. If we're playing in the league, it's hard to be completely objective. You know, if I'm the commissioner, I like to think I'm as objective as anybody, you know, but... If I'm the commissioner and I'm in second place, the first place uh, team makes a trade with a ninth place team, I may think, oh, God, that trade looks lopsided. But maybe it's me playing into it because I know it helps his team. And maybe I'm a little jealous that I didn't make that trade, that I didn't get that offer. You know, it's also, by the way, uh, when you ask me uh, what kind of league I would start, keepers is a must because that also helps us out as far as players dumping and tra- trading out and getting rid of their uh, – and just not and forgetting about their team. You have keepers, not dynasty – Keepers, it tends to keep people more involved. Our buddy Adam Rohn in some of his leagues, what they do is once a trade is complete, the trade sits on the message board for a certain amount of hours, whether it's 12 hours or so. And if you can make a better offer, then you can, um, then, you know, that trade will be vetoed and then so on and so forth. What do you think of that? See, I don't think that's fair to the person who, uh, who made the deal. Made the, to make uh, the original just, trade, right? Right. I mean, he may have gotten a good deal. Maybe I made this trade with, uh, you know, whatever, my brother. And now because I, hey, I love the deal. And now because it's on the message board, my best friend go, oh, wow. I, I can one you up. Know, him. I, yeah. I can, right. I, or maybe he has to. Maybe, you know, sometimes we're, just, we're trying to protect owners, right? Make sure they contact everybody. But maybe my brother contacted that other owner. And, you know, no, I'm not, I don't want to do this. But now because I, he's making the deal with me and I'm ahead of him, oh, now i got to one-up him. So I get screwed out of that? No, I don't like that. You know, once again, uh, the onus is on the other owner to tell him, hey, you don't do this deal with me, I'm making it with George, and you're going to lose. You know, that's a selling point. And whether it's the truth or not, we all lie like that during of deals. Of course we do. Yeah, you know, I know. I've, I've done that a number of times. Listen, i got a deal in the works here, Corey. You don't yeah, make I'm, this deal with me. That's, i got, I got Scott Engel on the other line here. All right, I'm, we're going to make the deal. I'm shipping him off tonight. He's at the airport right now. That would be my me and my friends thing. I'd be like, I'm, he's already at the airport. I just don't know where I'm sending him yet. <laughs> we all play like that. 
play the same game. You know, we, some of it's lies, some of it's truth, a mixture of both. You can't lie all the time. People will catch on. Sometimes you do have to do that. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like protecting owners against themselves. You know, I'll give – if anybody in my league – you know, uh, in my league, it's, uh, it's friends and family. I'm the only industry person in it. Yeah. Everybody knows. You can ask me any question. I, if you ask me the question directly, I will tell you the truth. If you don't, then hey, we'll see what happens here. But I'll tell you about whatever info, information I may have. I'm not going to lie to anybody. It's not the way I'm, I'm – uh, I'm just not like that. But uh, after that, everything else is fair. If you don't ask the question, I'm trying to win the league just like anybody else. Coming up on the final segment of the program, Fantasy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition. When we come back, we put a bow on it. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Fantasy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition right here on the network. Glad to be hanging out with George Kurtz, Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package, live and lit to 2018. Promo code WINNER, W I N N E R. You want to get involved, head on over there. I know uh, Mike Blewett's got the offensive line rankings coming up shortly. What's the latest thing you wrote for the uh, Exclusive Edge, George? Oh, I have so many things for the exclusive edge package. It was uh, it was fun writing this year. I mentioned earlier I wrote uh, when when I when, when you should take a quarterback, and for me it's always wait, wait, wait. I, I'm just a big believer in waiting because I think Corey. I mean, it's tough to say ever, but for as long as I can remember now, this is the, I guess the deepest quarterback system we have. I've also wrote uh, alternative scoring systems as I mentioned, PP ones, two quarterback leagues, IDP. Uh, I try and write. I try and write off the wall stuff more than anything else. George, let me ask you this: six points, passing touchdown. Deshaun Watson in the fifth. Now, uh, when I wrote the column, when to draft the quarterback, I did write it based on a four-point passing touchdown. Six points does change things a bit. It brings everybody up a round for me. Maybe two rounds on the uh, higher guys. And what I mean by that, ordinarily, Aaron Rodgers is going in round three. You know, and I would draft him. He's there in round five. Even though I, I like to wait on a quarterback, if the value's there with Rodgers in five, it is, I'll think about drafting him. If you're going six points for a touchdown for a top quarterback, that's a lot of extra points. Rodgers is going to throw 40 touchdowns. That's 80 extra points. Not going to be able to pass up on that. Now he's a round four guy for me. Maybe even the bottom of round three, depending on how much I liked my first two picks in the draft. Deshaun Watson. I mean, we have to have a lot of faith here about Deshaun Watson. Only played uh, pretty much half a season last year. He was great when he played. Defenses have studied him, you know, to try and find his weaknesses, uh, try to find out how to stop him. And maybe even more concerning than that is, man, I don't like the running game there at all. I don't like Lamar Miller. You know, I think Dante Foreman, who I think could end up being a timeshare there, is I like him, but you know, get healthy. He's not a great running back. He's got to get he's got to get healthy as well, which means teams are going to gear up to stop Watson in the pass game. 
So I'm concerned there. I won't have any uh, shares of Watson because I won't be drafting him that early, Corey. I think people are going to go after him around round five, round six. I'm not sure, so sure he's the second coming of Cam Newton yet. Okay, so you won't pay the sixth, uh, the fifth round price in a six-point passing touchdown. No, but uh, you're, you're hesi- I can you're hesi- see why people you're, would. you're hesitant on it, though. Yeah, because you said fifth round, which means now he's a seventh round in uh, normal. So you're getting closer to my range here. You really are. I think the way uh, one thing was with a six point. How many touch on, How many quarterbacks are now going off the board? You know, if Deshaun Watson happens, if five quarterbacks happen to go and Deshaun Watson's still there, that's something different now. Now, once yeah, again, you're getting no closer doubt. to that value for me. You know, where I can I can see myself snapping up, but I also may be worried that hey, I don't go and get a seventeen picks. Quarterbacks are already going off the board. You know, Deshaun Watson's there. There may be four quarterbacks go before I go again. No doubt. You know, so that it, it, everything like that plays into it about what I want to do and what I'm thinking. What do you want? To, what do you think about this situation in Tennessee with Henry and um, Lewis? I don't know why this bothers people so much. Okay, a lot of teams have this same situation. You know, because we wanted, we, wanted to, we wanted to see, we wanted Henry to get a chance to be a bell cow. That's why. Yes, I and I understand that. If Lewis wasn't there, Henry's a second round pick, uh, no doubt. He's a low end running back one. But I'm not freaking out because Deion Lewis is there. Oh my god, no, I can't draft Henry. Worst case scenario, he's going to be the first second down guy, and he's going to uh, get the, be the touchdown guy. I understand Lewis is going to get some carries too, but I'm saying for the most part, that's what he is. Which is a lot of what, a lot of other running backs there. Darius Geis, we just talked about, should be similar because he's got Thompson. You know, and you can go on and on. Whoever starts in Cleveland is going to have Duke Johnson to worry about. You know, Tevin Coleman will take away some touches from uh, Devonta Freeman. So I'm not freaking out about this. You know, I have Derrick Henry ranked higher. Yes, Lewis isn't that far, much far, further behind. I like Deion Lewis. But I'm not freaking out. It's only two running backs. I can deal with two running backs on a team. I can't deal with the teams that have three and four. No, that, that makes it a little bit different. So <clears throat> I find that to be interesting also. So uh, – I'm I'm in on him to be honest with you. I'm in on him. I don't know why the industry seems to be down on Derrick Henry. I don't have a problem with it. And now since you know I I I thought he was a second round back. Now I'm seeing him in the fourth. I like it even more. If I have a team yeah, where, he, I'm he's, wide, he's where I'm wide receiver set, where I'm wide, yeah, he is falling. I mean, I, some leagues I've seen Deion Lewis go ahead of him, and I'm like, wow, that's crazy. See, now I make a little note here. If I'm in a league with Corey, he also likes Derrick Henry. Okay, there you go. Write, write that stuff down. like that down. Hey, speaking of uh, stuff we're doing together, aren't we doing an event together later on at the end of August? Yes, we are. August twenty fourth. I have no. I I think we're going to Yonkers. You know, yes. I know I'm picking up uh, Scott Angle. I got I got to pick him up. We're gonna drive. I don't know where we're going in Yonkers. You know, I just know we're going to Yonkers. Uh, some kind of thing. I don't even know what I'm doing. You know, okay, Scott, you want to go on a road trip? Road trip it is. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Empire Empire Casinos. Um the one the one by you is the one by JFK. I think it's called Resorts World. Um it's uh I guess it's the sister. The one casino. by me? By JFK? How close do you think I am to JFK? I need a plane to get to JFK. I figured you was closer to JFK than I was. Uh boy, it'd be close. Really? It'd be, uh, if we're going if we're going by car, you're probably closer. You're that deep out? I'm from JFK. Uh, I mean, I'd have to take the LIE <laughs> to the uh, Sagittarius Parkway, to the Summit State Parkway, to the Bell Parkway. I'm at least an hour away. I was just at JFK. I, That's when I went to Vegas. That's where I went out of there. 
I'm at I'm least an a, hour. And I'm out of rush hour, by the way. I'm on three days. Oh, forget about it. T- t- JFK is like a foreign country to me. Um, for me, <laughs> for me, driving to JFK is about an hour fifteen. So they're about the same. But we're, Yonkers we're on, <clears throat> yeah, we're similar. Yonkers, on the other hand, a drive for me to Yonkers is probably no more than thirty minutes. Well, I got right, imagine shows. Yonkers might be an hour. I don't even know what the hell Yonkers you. is. <laughs> it's right, I've heard of it. No the idea. Of, the northernmost tip of the Bronx is when you would go into Yonkers. Oh, yeah, it's probably probably. An, I would imagine an hour and a half. Am we going on a Friday night too? Yeah, that'll be a fun trip. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna leave my house like 11 a.m. I might get there by eight. <laughs> and then you got to bring Scott back through Queens too. So good luck with that. Um. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, do, I, do, I, do I have to play Kiss? I mean, is this what's going to be when I have to play Kiss on the uh, have everybody has a Kiss CD the whole time there? I mean, uh, really? Just put the hey, na- Sean, just put- are, you, are you anywhere near the Kiss fan that your father is? Oh, great! The one time he's not paying attention. <laughs> Angle, young Angle. He must be over there getting uh, some other activity. It's a potty break. Yeah, so it could be a put you right. I'm right here. Party break. <laughs> What's up, young young Angle? Are you a big Are you a big Kiss fan? Uh, nowhere near as much as my father, but uh, I do like some songs. No one is as much as your father. Yeah, the the band aren't, but you you did pick up on some of the jams, huh? Yeah, of course. Uh, I especially like the stuff with the original band mostly. Like after that, it becomes really hit or miss with me as far as liking their stuff. Oh, uh, what about um? How'd you enjoy the party for Florio the other night with you and your dad doing the karaoke? Oh, that was great. That was awesome, fun, fantastic. I always love going out to do karaoke. It's always a fun time. What is what was your favorite part of the uh event on um on our Thursday night? Man, that's tough because there are a few good ones. I mean I saw my I, dad rapping, of course, but Scotty Love. Yeah, Scotty Love, Scotty Love. <laughs> I, I think everybody got a kick out of the BFFs doing a uh, do 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 live at karaoke. Yeah, semi charmed life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Shout out to uh, the homie. Uh, thanks, Sean. Shout out to the homie, Mike Florio. Is um, he he's going to the big time, moving up to the NFL Network. Uh, Kurt, how about that? Twenty six years old, yeah, moving out that. to Los Angeles. Yeah. I, I didn't realize he was moving out to Los Angeles, to California, until uh, earlier this week. Wow. I mean, uh, I, I, listen, you're 26. You can do that, right? Yeah, He's exactly. Up and going. Good for you, man. I mean, I wish That's nothing excellent. but the best of luck to Mike Florio. No doubt about it. Same here. So shout out to him for that. It's going to be – It's going, I tell you what, to, to, to not see him, Greg, and Frank together uh, on a daily basis is uh, going to be uh, interesting also. But um, no, Is Frank going to be Okay. I don't know. I don't know how Frank is going to make it. <laughs> I've never really seen those two um, too far apart. Right. I mean, uh, someone's got to send. We got to send help for Frank. I mean, I think he needs like, a full time. Uh, you know, where Jerry Jones has hired some of these guys to follow these players around, make sure they stay out of trouble. We got to send Frank uh, not to stay out of trouble, just make sure he's not uh, too depressed. You know, maybe send a Mike give, Florio we gotta, lookalike. We got to get Frank a grief counselor. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I think that, I think that's a must. I think Cardano should look into that. <laughs> yes, get a grief counselor on staff. So my is that man, in our medical plan? 
Frank, and I doubt it. <laughs> for, our, for our man Frank Stanford. Hey, um, so we going out to, to Empire City for a Roto Experts event. I know it'd be me, you, and Scott. I think Galena's coming out there too. Um, do you are you a table game guy? Slot machine guy? Uh, what do you do? I'm I'm a poker guy. Okay, good, good. You know, I think they got yeah, poker I, out I was there. In, when I was in Vegas, I I, I played some poker. Nice that's job. What, that's what I'm good at. That's right. Um, you did tell me that last poker. weekend. So I think they got poker. Yeah, I'll play, I, I just think when you play blackjack, you're told what to do. Yeah, you're right? right. I mean, whatever deal is showing, that's what you know. He's, he's showing a seven. You got to hit until you get above seventeen. He's showing a six. He's pretty much just stopping. You know, until hoping he busts. So I don't, I don't find that fun when you're told what to do. Poker is more of a thinking person's game. Uh, you know, I, I, you don't know what to do. You know, you, you can do different things here, play it different ways, whether you're bluffing or the cards you're getting. I just, I enjoy poker immensely. Oh, no, that, that's good. I got some buddies that do also, so that's pretty cool. So, And by the way, Joe Galina, if you're listening, I'm not picking you up. <laughs> I went you're to on your own. Go, back. Corey. I think Galina lives in the city or Jersey. Well, maybe so. Maybe so. Um, it's not too far from me. I probably can Uber it. I think I put the, I think, let me get my phone right now. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you, how about that? You know what I mean? Just, we're planning a trip. <laughs> Forget football, we're planning a trip. Hey, I know more about this trip now than I did 15 minutes ago. At least I know tell where we're going, Yonkers. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Yeah, so it's going to be a Roto Express event. So it should be a good time. We'll go out there and um, hopefully... We'll give you more information as we get closer, and, and uh, you come out there and hang out with us and buy us. Yeah, a beer. It should be a, should be a good time. You know, uh, I'll, I'll tell a little story here while you're looking up Joe's address here. I'm in Vegas, you know, and I told Scott Engel so many times, Scott, I'm going, to, I'm going to Vegas the week of the All Star break. Okay, I'm going to write the closer report, but I'll write usually I write it on Tuesday, but I'm going to write it on Thursday that week when I get back. Okay, there'll be no uh, five up, five down. Told this several times. I mean, I've told yeah. it five, six times. Sure enough. Come Tuesday, I get a call in Vegas. Oh, George, you're going to write the closer report? Scott, Vegas, in Vegas. Okay, I write it Thursday. And now, of course, he's, he's fine with it, by the way. He's not complaining. And I knew it was coming next. Well, listen, you got to go see the Kiss uh, Midnight Golf or Light Up Golf, whatever the hell it is at the, at the Rio, which I yeah. heard about. I did want to go, but I didn't, I didn't have enough time. I will go next time, Scott. I promise. But it was just funny. It don't nothing with the Kiss. I had to go to the Kiss uh, Light Up, whatever the hell it is, which it's my kind of thing. It sounds like fun. I would go. I am nowhere near the Kiss fan that Scott is, but I do like uh, their tunes. And sorry to say there'll be no Kiss CD in my car on this trip. But, uh, yeah, so I found it funny that not only did uh, Scott call, Cardano calls a little while later as well. No one listens to my emails. No one. You know what's funny? None. Um, uh, Seeley would always bust on the king. We'd be doing the fantasy football frenzy. Scott is an avid listener of the weekday edition of the fantasy football frenzy. He'll call Seeley while the show is on. <laughs> That's hilarious. Listening to the show, picks up the phone and calls Jake Seeley. That's my man, the king. No, the trip for me is not bad. It's a 22-minute trip, and it's an $18 Uber, so that's not bad at all. That's not. That's great. It'll cost yeah. me $18 in gas. And you know, you're right. You're right about that. Oh, no doubt. That's that, three days to get there. That's gonna be, oh yeah, it's gonna be a journey for you. You're gonna have a, a a trip on your hand. But throwing the fancy sports network and um, you know, bring it home. You know, do we know what time this thing starts, Corey? How about that? More information I I don't know yet. I, I my guess is it's probably gonna start at seven or eight. That would be my okay. guess for that event. 
that we are supposed to be uh, getting taken care of. So that'll be fun right there too. Um, and then the Listen, next day, when it comes to a th- casino, you know, mob related, I don't want to know if I want to hear about getting taken care of. You bang, know what bang. I mean? Not like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I about to say? Um, then the next day is the uh, the GST draft. It's the 25th. And then I believe the 25th is supposed to be the Carton and Friends draft. So that's a big-time weekend. August is here, George. It's that time, man. It, uh, listen, August is always the – it's my busiest month of the year. And regard, yep. not only do yep. we have the football, the football drafts. And listen, football drives us, right? It's what we all live for is uh, football – but also, it's my daughter's birthday on the 16th. Uh, it's my nieces on the 22nd. It's my uh, nephews, I think, on the 20th. I can't even remember all these birthdays. I'm sorry, it's my nephews on the 22nd. Nieces on the 17th. And my birthday's in there as well. So, uh, apparently, all of our parents, I guess including me, we were busy around Thanksgiving. You know, what's interesting is we have a, we have a daughter born on the same day, right? Uh, I'm the, my daughters are born August 16th and December 3rd. What year, August 16th? Oh, now you're asking the tough questions. Uh, 10. 2010. Yes, we have a daughter born on the same day. Look at that. Mm-hmm. We have a daughter Look born at, on I the same not, day. I, didn't, I did not know that. I, I think we have, might have discussed this before. It's ringing a bell. I didn't realize it was the same day. I, I think I knew we were, we were in August. I didn't realize it was the exact same day and same year. Holy God. That's, yeah, same, um, that's same day. That is weird. Same day, same year. August 16th, 2010. So, um, yes, we have a child born on the same day. Uh, I think mine's was, what time did we get there? I remember I came home that night from work, and I got home a little before midnight. I laid down, and she says, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm laying down for about 10 minutes, and she goes, I think this baby's coming tonight. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> so we ended up dozing off. And, you know, by the time we got out to bed in, in the morning, you know, I was tossing turn all night. She, we get up in the morning. She goes to the restroom, and she's like, we need to go talk to somebody ASAP. Instead of going to the hospital, we go to the doctor. And the doctor's like, go, 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 go. And I believe about 1.30 that afternoon, uh, Kennedy was born. Uh, see, mine's about 132. This is really spooky now. That is pretty scary. I don't scary, remember the exact huh? time. It's, <laughs> it's right around 130. Same thing. So Thanksgiving was good to us. <laughs> yeah, apparently the apparently the coats weren't on the bed. <laughs> yeah, there you go right there. All right, my man. For George Kurtz with Sean Angle, Fantasy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition. We are out till next weekend. Don't forget to catch us during the weekday at 1 p.m. East.